Hello everyone, this is Hannah, your host, and you are listening to the Success is Routine podcast. Our show is on a mission to talk to leaders in life and business that have achieved success and to learn what their routine is. If you are ready to create your routine to success, you're in the right place. Now, let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Success is Routine podcast. I'm super excited to be talking to David Habib. He is the founder and CEO of Yo Mama's Food, and welcome to the show, David. Thank you, Hannah. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. I was actually telling my husband while we we're eating lunch, I was like, "You know, Yo Mama's Food." He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm talking to the founder today." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love talking to founders and CEOs, definitely of like products, because like if I see your stuff in the store, I get like super excited. And I'm like, I talked oh. to him. <laughs> so really excited to talk to you, but share kind of your story. How did you kind of get into Yo Mama's Food? So before we jump into your routine and your success, I really want to hear more about like who you are and how you, how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So Hannah, when I was growing up, family dinner was always uh, a really key part of our day. My mom and and my, my father and all of my um, relatives are very good cooks. So it was kind of a non-negotiable part of our day was to gather around the table and and to eat, you know, really good food and just discuss our day and, and, and what we all learned. So I think when I was really thinking about what I wanted to do, you know, food was was always at the center of it. And I was working in, in corporate America. I was eating out a lot. I wasn't really feeling well. Um, I was eating a, a, another brand of pasta sauce that was giving me some some bad heartburn. And that was really the start of the idea, Hannah, was, you know, how do we create and kind of reinvent some of the packaged sauces, dressings, condiments, pizza sauces out there that are just loaded with a bunch of preservatives that my mom never cooked with and that most moms don't have in their pantry. And that was where, where the idea came from. So Yo Mama's Foods is, is really centered around that, you know, crafting natural pasta sauces, dressings, condiments, using only ingredients that, that mom has in her pantry. And, you know, our goal is to save everyone time. Yeah, so you, you don't have to slow cook a really good sauce for eight hours because we can do it for you. I love that. And as the new year starts, I think we all get a lot more health conscious. And so I've been watching a documentary called The Blue Zone on Netflix. Yes, absolutely. And, and so just seeing like, how bad food that's like super unprocessed and yes. like you know isn't made with ingredients that you could probably read that's what my dad's thing always is he'd like that. read the ingredients if we can't read them we shouldn't buy <laughs> exactly right exactly um, right but i love that you're creating a product that you know fills that need where you can still like i'm from pennsylvania originally and so pizza pasta my mom like so i did my dna and like 50 percent of my ancestry comes from italy <laughs> I love that. You know, pizza pasta was yes. a huge part of my life growing up. Of course. And so I love that you have a sauce that you can, you know, easily, like everyone can access that is healthy for you because it has real ingredients. So I Thank think that's really cool. Um, Thank and I love you, that Hannah. Like family dinner. Like that was something that was really important to you growing up. My daughter is 16 and I was talking to my husband. I was like, you know, I don't remember if we still ate family dinner when I was 16. So I think it's really cool that we're doing that. I'm glad that something you grew up with. So how do you think, you know, maybe family dinner, just those things kind of played an impact in, you know, trajectory of where you wanted to be? Absolutely. So it, it really became a language for us and for, for my childhood. I think I learned early on that, that food is a beautiful language and it doesn't matter what background you come from, how wealthy or poor you are. You know, people have, have to eat and the table's a really beautiful place to 
to gather. So my my mother had always a gift of kind of bringing different backgrounds and different people around the table to to eat together. So I think I learned very early on that food is a unifying force. And that's really what, what we strive to do is bring people around the table. And I think that that message is so important and, and, and so relevant today, just given everything that's going on. You know, there's so much news about division and about how how different we are when really we're all the same, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, I find that's a huge piece of our mission and, and something that's that's really powerful is, um, you know, we're not just selling you sauce, we're not creating sauce, but we're building those those lasting memories. And that's what I tell our team, you know, daily is that we're cooking dinner tonight in tens of thousands of of, of households. And that's a really powerful responsibility for us. Yeah, no, that's a lot. when you think of it that way, it completely changes, I think, the dynamic of it too, yes. um, because you really are, you're cooking dinners for thousands of people every single night, which is so cool that you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it is. Like, I struggle to cook dinner for one family in that. And so like, you know, I I love that. I love that diversity and just being surrounded by other people. It's something I grew up, I think, with a lot too. And something that, you know, I feel like we're all just people just like you said. And so, and food really brings us together. My husband's from Nepal. And so I can, I can definitely say food brings us together. Cause I love you know, that. when I was in Nepal, I, I don't know what they're saying. So, yeah, we food, and so we have this common ground. And yeah. I remember when they brought like Oreos out and it was just like me and my daughters like lit up because we're just like, Oh my God, something we know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was that food that like created that common bond for us and everything. So I know we're going to be talking about routine, but before we get to kind of the routine of it, kind of like bridging between, you know, life, routine, business. And so you grew a, a huge business and a very successful company. And so how did routine play a role in your life growing up that you yeah. kind of translate it to business? Absolutely. I, I was definitely scheduled early on in my life by my parents with kind of a, a very busy schedule. So uh, between sports and, and school and academics and music. So I, I think that that was kind of ingrained early on was that, you know, I had a lot to do and, and not to be in a busy way, but to ultimately give and to learn and to give your gift to to those around you too. But I think that that kind of allowed me to, from a very early age, I'd say, start to compartmentalize certain activities, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that school was obviously, for all of us, you know, where, where we spent most of our time. So that gave me the opportunity to kind of focus on that. But what I quickly realized is that I didn't really like school you know I enjoyed learning but I didn't necessarily enjoy like the fences that they put around learning and I I, you know very early on was was interested in in business and in commerce and in the idea of creating a product that you can sell and 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 share with with multiple people so that kind of interest really I, I can think back went all the way back to third grade I remember I asked for a cash register for my like birthday gift which is a random gift for a for like a third grader but that's really you know kind of where I like to focus and I, I was always interested in in different aspects of business really from a early age mm-hmm. and that I think allowed me to 
to focus and my parents were I would say very open and not pushy at all as far as what we we studied or, or wanted to do and you know they just wanted us to to be happy but at the same time there was also pressure to do well within school as well so it was an interesting life because I, I had to perform in school even though I didn't enjoy but that's what ultimately built, I think, a really strong work ethic and just the the ability to have to do things even if you don't want to do them and just excel at them and do do well and move on. Yeah, awesome. I think that's so cool. So I do marketing. And in my LinkedIn bio, I actually put in there like, you know, I've I've loved marketing since I was a kid because like I like Black Friday commercials and yes. all those more than the TV show sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes I think we just know that these things are like, where we're gravitating to even before we probably know that we're gravitating towards it. And so I know you kind of mentioned like, you know, you didn't really like school, you liked learning. And so did you, because I know we're about to jump into the routine side of it, but did you ever struggle kind of jumping into that routine? Was there a switch that was like, hey, or maybe you like had to keep trying to get there before it really stopped? um, I was a slow reader and I didn't pick up reading as quickly as, as I was supposed to in kindergarten. So I think that that made it a little bit more challenging when I was a a younger child, but at the same time, I had to work a lot harder in order to perform. So I think it goes back to that work ethic of, yeah, I I wasn't a focused kid at all. and And I'm not a focused person today in certain ways, but I've obviously trained myself and know what I need to do in order to, to be able to focus on one specific task to ultimately stay organized. And this is just a good lesson across the board is sometimes where you lack and where your, your weaknesses are, are the biggest opportunities. Because from that, I think that that's where I just developed a a very strong work ethic from a very early age. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So let's jump into your routine. And what does that routine kind of look like for you? Yeah. So for me, we're typically in the office here at 7.30. Our warehouse is here at at 6.30, but I like to start my mornings around 6 a.m. And that's really my personal time to plan for the day, to make sure I set my clear intentions and I come into work with the right framework and the right attitude and the right mindset. I typically have my breakfast, whatever I can to wake up in the morning. I wouldn't consider myself a morning person. It takes me like a good 45 minutes to understand that I'm not sleeping anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, only in, in the office around 7 30 and from 7 30 until really 4 30 I would say it's it's just a lot of problem solving um, every day is different here which I think makes our team extra excited to be at work because we don't really know what good bad or ugly we're going to be solving today mm-hmm. uh, but really really focused in on uh, making sure that our team has what they need here that we're driving towards our strategy and the mission. From there, after that, Hannah, I typically go to CrossFit. So this is where, you know, I'd say the mental and spiritual side comes before work and then the physical side where I'm understanding that I've been sitting all day and need to move uh, happens at 4.30. And that's a really important time for, for me. I go with all different types of people, different industries and I think it's it's been a really important piece of my daily routine, I would say, even from a mental health side, mm-hmm. to be able to just go and you know work out very hard for an hour. Typically, I eat dinner after that. I like to spend alone time as well. So I live very close to the beach. Our headquarters and an office is about a mile away from 
the uh, beach, which is wonderful. So Clearwater, Florida, where we're headquartered, has some of the most spectacular sunsets you will ever see. So typically, I'd say springtime, summertime, fall, I'm at the beach almost every single night, just walking, making sure that I put my, my feet in the sand, kind of recapping my day. When the time change happened, I replaced that with a pickleball now. Um, oh, okay. so I've, I've been playing a lot of pickleball, which is a new addiction. Um, and after that, typically around nine, I'll try to get organized for the next day, organize, you know, all of my, my inbox. I'm really intentional about trying to not send emails in the evening and I schedule them for the next day. Mm -hmm. I think that was something that drove me a little bit nuts when I was working in corporate America because I would just be getting emails until 4 a.m. And something that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work on and, and, and I try to set a clear intention is that you can still be working at night, but you can be intentional about making sure that other people aren't. So that's that. Um, I'm typically in bed by around 11 and wake up and do it all over again. I love the hack of the whole scheduling emails. I think it's super cool that you do that. It's something I actually do too, because I don't like when my team's working at night or working later in the day. I want them to take those times off, but it doesn't mean that sometimes I'm not going to get on and send an email. And even for client emails, I'll try to schedule them for the next day, kind of to set the intention of, hey, I'm not working all night long. That's right. um, so please That's don't email me all night long. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't mean I won't occasionally jump on right. the computer. Yeah, I agree. I love that. And so you're really doing a lot of that planning yes. in the evening. Yeah. So before, and I 100% relate to you. It takes 45 minutes to like recognize you're even awake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been dealing with trying to like figure out, and I was talking to one of my coaches, and she was just like, You need to get that sun in your eyes. Yes. And that's not going to happen in the middle of winter. That's when right. The clouds are on the ground with us. Exactly. Um, so I'm like, I've been trying to, you know, I don't want to touch my phone because there's that big thing of, you know, you don't want to get on your phone first thing in the morning. Exactly. So, I have my Kindle that I'll just like turn YouTube on and like oh, nice. watch music videos in the morning, just to like get some light into my eyes. Yeah. But it's still, it's like, I'm looking like with one eye, <laughs> not like swap eyes <laughs> before I can fully get awake. So I 100% agree. And that reminds me, one of the best things I did was in 2020, I bought an alarm clock. So I actually put my phone in my kitchen and mm -hmm. I don't put it in my bedroom because it's not my alarm clock, but that was really helpful to not use your phone as your alarm clock because it's not the first thing that you look at in the morning and it's not the last thing that kind of triggers your like brain to just keep on working yeah uh, so that's kind of another good good life hack that i've learned yeah we should probably try that one that you have to actually hit because right now yes our amazon device is our alarm clock okay me and my husband and it's in a different room than us but me and my husband are both very good at just like waking up telling it to shut up and go to <laughs> 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 no, I should try a real alarm clock that like you have to hit yes to, like, get it to stop exactly to get kind of up in the morning so well can we dive into a little bit more of that like that nighttime planning what does that look like to really plan for that day to be successful yeah so I would say Sundays are kind of more deeper where I do the entire week and then in the evening I'm intentional about what I'm planning and what days I'm planning it on. So we start our Mondays here with a team meeting. And that's really important for us to kind of regroup and really recap everything that we have that each department is, is working on. So I know at the end of my weeks, I'm, I'm really focused in on what is the entire company doing for that following week. And mm -hmm. then I meet with all of our 
department heads here on Wednesdays. So that's kind of another good internal day. And then Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays, uh, I try to keep as my external days. So Fridays is when I schedule a lot of office visits. Anyone who is asking for a in-person meeting, I try to do that Friday. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are, are very heavy with all of our different brokers, our partners, you know, more so focused in on building those relationships outside of the business as well. So yeah, so that's kind of just how I personally do it. You know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are more internally focused here in the business. And then Tuesday, Thursdays are more external within the actual meeting side. Mm -hmm. And if someone is trying to get my schedule and I'm booked, then I'm very intentional about carrying them over to the following week. So I kind of keep those days honored and that I don't try to mess up that rhythm. Yeah. And I know while we were talking kind of like in our pre-call, you kind of mentioned about writing stuff down and like really breaking it down. Yeah. I was about to ask you, so when you write it down, is it physical or digital? (laughs) Physical. Oh yeah. I'm not a digital writer. I get a lot of satisfaction with crossing things out. So yeah, I I write down everything. That's that's really, really key. I actually have a notepad in my shower as well. It's a a waterproof one and Mm -hmm. that's do a lot of my like really good thinking. But yes, I think writing things down, writing anything, whether it's something that you have to do later, something that you have to do in in a year, whatever it is, it puts it to life when it's on paper. All right. So do you keep like your actual schedule written down too? Um, the schedule is hard, Hannah, because I get so many Zoom meetings and, yeah. and, and all of those pieces. So that's something that I don't write down. But if I'm trying to schedule a meeting, I will certainly put it into my uh, planner. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you're like crossing it off. It's something I oh, yeah. used to do. And then I got so like sucked into digital world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, Google just crosses it out for you at the end. And it's like, you don't get that true satisfaction. Um, so right. I should definitely look at, you know, that do you keep all your notebooks so that you like have them from the years past? I do. So I actually, um, I found this awesome company and I know I'm probably not supposed to advertise, but they're called Ox and Pine and they're mm-hmm. off of Etsy. So actually all of our leaders here in the company have a notebook and they have these, these actually come, come out of it. So you can change your notebooks, but then they're all like a really nice leather bound. So big, big fan of these notebooks and it it kind of allows you to, to keep your, your old notebooks, but still keep one master journal. Yeah. That's really cool that you have all that in there kind of to see it all and then kind of like have a satisfaction of seeing how much you've accomplished because Definitely. go back and look through it. So is there any other piece of your routine that you think is very crucial to like kind of the success that you've created or is it really that writing down and planning? Yeah, I would say writing down and, and that compartmentalizing and, and being very intentional about what you do each day. I think, you know, everyone's busy and every company, it doesn't matter where you go, everyone's busy. So I don't think it's a proper excuse whenever, you know, anyone says that they're busy because everyone is. It's just really just how how organized you are and how you organize that time and, and set clear boundaries, right? So I think that that's something that I learned over time. It's not something that naturally came to me. Running a business, you're obviously, you know, in 45 different projects and running everywhere, but that schedule has been really, really key and being very um, key in on understanding, you know, what day is for external visits, what day is for internal meetings, what day is for team meetings and being organized that way, I would say has been really, really helpful. Yeah. No, I love that structure of this day is for this and this day is for that. 
to make it so that each week things aren't getting missed because you know, you carried over maybe too many external meetings into the next week. But no, you have them all on Friday. So that that's the day that you're leaving the office. I think that's really cool that you do that, David. Yeah. So how can you kind of say, like, when we look at success, how's your routine impacted your success? It's a huge piece of it. You know, it goes back to the framework and the intentions that you set for yourself and making sure that I think any, you know, quote unquote, busy person, which is all of us, you know, being very intentional about what you're trying to accomplish and when you want to, to accomplish it. And, you know, I think that there's so much data around writing down you know, your tasks and goals. And I think that that's a really big, big piece of it. But I think that that it all comes from, it doesn't matter how smart you are or how good your work ethic is or how structured, you know, you think your calendar is. The proof is in the pudding, right? So you got to execute whatever your plan is in order to ultimately move it forward. And that's something that, you know, I think all good people and all good leaders are, are constantly learning. And mm-hmm. we're all you know, I think trying to figure out better ways to optimize our schedule and be more and more efficient. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to having a solid plan. And that's very key. And that's a hourly plan, a daily plan, a a weekly plan, monthly plan, annual plan. That's really what what's important to to drive tactical success. Yeah, I love I love that we're talking about planning calendars and scheduling. <laughs> like I'm actually working on like a yearly calendar over here that's I'm gonna put on my wall that's like four foot by three foot just to really see like what did my year look like. Love that. Yep. And so I love that we're talking about that, like just the power that's had for you. Yes. And to just kind of create that. So how would you define success? I think that the best way I would define it is not so much inside of what you think success is, but how many people can measure their success based off of you, right? And that's, that's, I think the ultimate impact is true success is, is, is when you're able to, to kind of see the impact of whether it's an organization, a business, a community, you know, I think that that's where things become real, right? And that's the responsibility that I think all of us have is yes, we're a business and Our goal is to grow and to succeed in the packaged foods world. But at the end of the day, we're responsible as a business for providing for everyone's families, for meals, for rent, for, you know, mortgages, car payments, college payments, all of it. So that's a really big responsibility. And when the impact of an organization or a business can be so much greater than, you know, one person, I think that that's what ultimate success is. So if I would have to sum that up, Hannah, because I know that that's long as, you know, it, it doesn't matter how talented any conductor is, right? There's no music without any orchestra or without, that's what I think true success is, is, is the orchestra of life is, you know, you can be the person in charge, but if you don't have music around you, then it's not worth it. Yeah. I feel like kind of that positive impact that you're having is kind of yeah. what I'm hearing out of that. And I, I couldn't agree more, especially as a business owner, hearing you talk about the people's lives you're impacting that, you know, work for your mama's food is a huge part of the success. And, you know, when I look at my own company, that's what I constantly look at is the team we have. And, you know, especially the team we carried through COVID with us and made sure we didn't lay anybody off. I think looking at those things are huge successes. And so what you're doing for your company, your team, and, you know, all the kitchens you're cooking in every single night is a huge success. So I, I like to kind of kind of end with two questions. And one of them is, you know, if somebody's listening to this that really wants to create that routine for success in their life, 
Yes. What's that one thing they need to start doing tomorrow to help them get there? Yes. So really helpful framework there, Hannah, that I've used and that I use daily is starting small, thinking big and scaling quickly. So I think you're not going to be where you want to be tomorrow, right? So that's where starting small is really important is, is taking those those small steps towards that goal is really important. Thinking big, you know, being a dreamer and, and, and kind of setting clear intentions about where you want to be and what that looks like, I think is, is also a key part of that. And then scaling quickly, right? So that goes back to once you start to write down one thing in your journal, then start to take that to all your meetings, right? So that you're not wondering what you were supposed to do after a meeting. And that scaling quickly is really key to how you're going to be able to accomplish your, your long-term goals. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that kind of simple into three different ways to be able to scale. I think it's really kind of, you hear it and you're able to, okay, think big, you know, scale quickly, <laughs> start small. So yep. I think that was right, right? Those were okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, in different order. <laughs> but I think that's the yeah, really good way to kind of look at it differently. Starting small and just like picking that one thing and just, you know, snowballing into the next. Exactly. And then my other question is, what is that one maybe self-help book, personal development book, podcast, magazine, YouTube video? What's that thing you would recommend somebody either listen to or read next? So a really impactful book. It's called Sue Dog by Phil Knight, His Journey Building Nike. And I think that's a great book for really anyone to read. A very transparent and accurate view of what it takes to build a business and how long it takes. And, you know, I think that journey and, and seeing it through a brand that obviously everyone knows and probably 99% of households have in their home is really impactful because it goes from idea to concept to obviously what what nike is today so that was a book i think that really had a big impact within my personal journey all right awesome i'll have to look at it well thank you so much david for joining and just sharing you, your story hannah. and your routine yeah awesome hannah thank you i really appreciate it thanks for having me and it's an honor to be on your podcast thank you for listening to success is routine podcast if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend. Episodes go live weekly on Sunday at 8 a.m. Start your week with the right routine. Like, follow, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening. Join the Success is Routine movement and get exclusive downloads and content from the guests. Go to www.successisroutine.com and follow the conversation there or on social media. Until next time, remember. I like to start my mornings around 6 a.m. And that's really my personal time to plan for the day to make sure I set my clear intentions and I come into work with the right framework and the right attitude and the right mindset. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how good your work ethic is or how structured you think your calendar is. The proof is in the pudding, right? So you got to execute whatever your plan is in order to ultimately move it forward. And that's something that I think all good people and all good leaders are, are constantly learning. And we're all trying to figure out better ways to optimize our schedule and be more and more efficient. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to having a solid plan. True success is when you're able to kind of see the impact of whether it's an organization, a business, a community, you know, I think that that's where things become real, right? And that's the responsibility that I think all of us have is, yes, we're a business and 
Our goal is to grow and to succeed, but at the end of the day, we're responsible as a business for providing for everyone's families, for meals, for rent, college payments, all of it. So that's a really big responsibility. And when the impact of an organization or a business can be so much greater than one person, I think that that's what ultimate success is.